Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hey, Clone Wars fans, welcome back to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is number 82. We're talking about the episode Kidnapped, and I am one of your friendly co-hosts, Matt the Crankster Crinky, and joining me from the great wide north, it's Michael Cohen. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Hey, hey. It's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's going good, and we got no... Uh, we have no video games to talk about. What's going on? No, well, I'm just in the middle of Skyward. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now we got plenty of other stuff to talk about, of course. We're talking about Clone Wars here. And yep. uh, we're right in the middle. You know, we just had Thanksgiving over here in the States. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about some things to be thankful for. So let's jump into the news. And I got a pretty interesting uh, little story for news. So here, let's jump into that right now. Welcome. I have been expecting This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> All right, so, you know, like I said, it's Thanksgiving over here in the States, and I thought, you know what? There was a, there was a news story on, um, I think it was Furious Fanboys, and it was the five reasons... We're thankful for Star Wars. And uh, I just wanted to go through these. I thought it was a, kind of a cool story uh, and see what you think about these, Mike. Number, uh, number five for the, the five reasons we're thankful for Star Wars is the story itself. And, and there's a little write-up on, uh, on each of these uh, on what they feel. So they said, you can bash the prequels until the day you die, but they're important to the overall story of Star Wars. For the entire Skywalker saga to the books in the EU and the awesome lore that makes up the Old Republic era, Star Wars has given us a modern-day mythology that's rich, detailed, and with enough layers to last someone a lifetime of studying it all. And you can't even, you know, how can't say much better than that, you know. Um, the story's always been, mm-hmm. like, especially with the, pre, the, uh, the original trilogy, um, the story was always... You know, the, obviously the main thing, and then to add together all the effects and, and the sound and the music and everything. Um, but it does come down to that story that uh, George kind of got inspiration from. From um, well, he got shoot, he got inspiration from a lot of people, Joseph Campbell and and 
uh, who was the Japanese director? Um, I'm drawing a blank for some reason today. Uh, the Akira Kurosawa, you know, those films and all that. So uh, story is a big thing. How about this other one? The music, Mike. The music. Star Wars mm-hmm. soundtracks are the best movie soundtracks of all time. There's no debate here. They just are. John Williams' scores for all six movies go beyond the realm of classic. They're timeless. Hell, even the NFL uses the Star Wars theme for highlights of amazing plays. The music has become part of our culture. And, of course, I mean, this is one of the things that George Lucas said exceeded all of his ex- expectations when he was doing Star Wars. Everything was going bad for Star Wars, you know, the weather and the, the budget and the props and everything. But there was mm-hmm. one thing that kind of shined through at this totally blew everything away and that was music yeah well there's there's the two things right there's the concept art uh and then oh yeah music were the two things that like they didn't even need to go back and fix much of that i know yeah the music was perfect though yeah and you you said uh the concept art and that's not on this list but that's i think a big one as well i mean like you said uh here's ralph mccrory giving life to all the stuff that george lucas had written down and that's what sold it to all those studios back back in the early 70s. So uh, third thing, the original trilogy, of course. You can't call yourself a fanboy if you're not able to recite the holy trilogy from memory. For those who grew up during the, the release, they were a life-changing experience. You can probably spot one of these people as they quote lines from the trilogy in every conversation. I really believe that the movie should be re-released in theaters every 10 years to give each new generation of kids the chance to see them on the big screen as they were meant to be seen. And I'm lucky enough that I'm old enough. It's kind of like, kind of bittersweet to say that. I'm old enough to see these movies in the theater. You know, of course, I was really young when Star Wars came out, and I, I don't really remember too much of that. But definitely um, The Empire Strikes Back and Jedi and, and the whole waiting yeah. in line and everything. So, um, And everybody's a fan of the original trilogy. You know, you can always find people that are, oh, I'm not really big on the prequel trilogy, but... Um, pretty much everybody is a fan of the original trilogy. And, of course, uh, the fourth one they have listed is The Effects. Star Wars changed the world with special effects. It founded ILM and spawned a whole new generation of space operas. The original trilogy is perfect in almost every way, effects-wise, but the prequels have more rough spots. The reliance on CG backdrops, especially in Episode 2, creates some less-than-convincing visuals. And we're talking about the Jedi Temple behind Obi-Wan, Mace, and Yoda, for example. Still, the movies deliver amazing visuals to go along with the perfect audio. And you can't deny the groundbreaking special effects. Of course, they, uh, you know, paved the way for science fiction. I mean, after Star Wars came out, it was, you know, even today, most of the stuff holds up, you know. And and some of that stuff they did with the stop motion, um, I mean, you can still... I mean, the stuff they're doing today, obviously, is better than that. But what they were able to do with that stop motion, man, that's, that's, that's really good. It's some great stuff. And the last thing is the expanded universe. And around 86 to 87, Star Wars was starting to fade from the public's mind. While there were some Star Wars novels in the past, Lucasfilm approached Timothy Zahn to write a sequel trilogy in book form. And the rest is history. The EU has some really bad spots. But the good, um, the expanded universe brought has helped keep Star Wars alive in between movies. Even with the Clone Wars on the air, the regular release of new Star Wars novels will help keep Star Wars forever. And I know, Mike, you're not like a huge fan of the novels and stuff, but the uh, EU, particularly, the EU, particularly the current novels, but 
Yeah. 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 And, like and they're getting worse and worse. But the the EU definitely kept everybody. Yeah. Around sure. and it really, I mean, you can't say enough about the EU and and I'm not like a big EU guy myself. I mean, I yeah. do read the comics and you know, I've read the books and of course I've read the Timothy Timothy Zahn trilogy, which started the whole EU. So um, I still recognize the importance of the expanded universe and, and there's plenty of people out there that dig everything that's, that's, that's going on in there. So that was just a few of the things to be thankful for, for star Wars this year. So I thought that was kind of a neat little story. You can find that at furious fanboys, a lot of good stuff coming out of that website. So let's talk about, um, a couple of products, Mike think geek, man. I'm telling you what, they're really ramping up with their uh, stuff and they got some holiday stuff coming out. And they released four new products, Star Wars related. And Mike, we touched on one of them last week, which was the Death Star T-shirt that lights up. Yeah, that was one of them. So they got some more. Check these out. Okay. They got they got the Star Wars breakfast beverages, the perfect gift for every man, woman, or Wookie. Each beverage comes in a collectible metal lithograph tin featuring unique illustrations. And you know, the Vader is the coffee. Yeah. Uh, the hot cocoa is the Yoda. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Chewy is uh, the cocoa, and Yoda is the green tea. They have green tea, yeah. cocoa, and coffee. And the whole set is available for 30 bucks at thinkgeek.com. And it comes with that tin. So I don't know if that's... I thought it was a cup. I'm not sure what a lithographed tin... I mean, I don't know what a lithograph is. No, it's is. just the tin that, that the stuff's in. That the stuff comes oh, in. okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay, like a little. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, like the like the That's Folgers cool. coffee tin, Fol- right? Yeah. Like essentially, it's the same thing, but it's they each have a Star Wars illustration on them. Um, you know what? It's it's uh, it's a really great idea. I love the names because like it's it's dark side roast, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that. Like that's. That's really clever. Hoth cocoa and uh, Dagobah green tea. Yeah. Like somebody put a lot of thought into those. Unfortunately for me, the graphics, it's like, it's just all of the other graphics that we've had over the years, mm-hmm. you know, like from episode three, essentially, just, you know, with some, with some fun text on them. Like they, I, I would really like for them to go just a little bit further and to do some actual original mm-hmm. uh, art for these That's so that say, it yeah. looked like a coffee brand, right? Like, so that. Like they could have, they could have easily mimicked popular brands, but used like Star Wars yeah. inspiration. Because <clears throat> mm-hmm. I could totally see, you know, like the like the Starbucks logo, right? Uh, it's got the mermaid on it, and she's got that wavy hair. Right. Like I could totally see somebody doing Chewbacca like that in <laughs> in a circle, right? Wait, and then wait. there's this uh, Star Wars coffee logo that you can find that's just a stormtrooper head instead of the mermaid. But I just feel like that would be a little bit more clever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen this art before. One of the pictures here is of a the Darth Vader and the dark side roast, and I know I've seen that before on a yeah. cup or something. Maybe it's- you know what it is. It's uh, it's it's from episode three, uh, and it's actually Hayden Christensen in that outfit, and um, it's the one where he's sort of like he's he's force choking okay, towards yeah. you, right? But all they did was Photoshop a cup into it, cup of coffee in, yeah, right, and just like <laughs> cut it off because like in his yeah. other hand he's got his lightsaber and the cape is like sprawled out to one right. side. You're right. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
the other thing too, I mean, check this out. I know you're gonna love this. The Star Wars Han Solo Incarbonite chocolate bar. Yeah. Oh, come on. You got chocolate and Han Solo Incarbonite. You got to love this. A tasty confection sure to satisfy the bounty hunter in your life. This delicious homage to The Empire Strikes Back is four and a half ounces of premium Belgian dark. And that's uh, $11.99 for this chocolate. I got to get one of these. And <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's chocolate though. So you're going to want to eat it. But it's so cool because it's Han Solo Incarbonite. You actually going to eat it? I don't know. I guess I guess you have to get one just to have. But I, sug- you- I suggest you eat it because they put out a Jar Jar Binks, uh, like chocolate rabbit and uh-huh. Easter the year that uh, that episode one came out ninety nine, and uh, I tried to hold on to to that for <laughs> a few years and it got a little funky after all. Oh, I bet <laughs> it never quite like it, it. I don't know if it ever really got rotten, but it just started to look unappealing like the color of the chocolate changed and kind of started to go pale uh-huh if that makes sense i don't yeah. know it was yeah. it was pretty gross so i don't know uh, i don't know if it's a, if it's in a sealed tin then maybe you could hold on to it for a while yeah there's got to be a way to to keep it almost preserved or something but yeah i mean it's, it's chocolate man you got to eat this thing but man it's, you're going to be biting into it going oh man you know, yeah, it's like the soap. It's like the Hansel soap. It's like you never want to use it in the shower or something because it's yeah. <laughs> so I'm just looking on the Think Geek site right now, and you can actually get uh, the the coffee and stuff separately, I uh, like individually uh-huh. or at least without the, the tin. at least the coffee without the tin. So mm-hmm. if you do end up liking it, you can actually get more. So it's not like just a silly one-off thing although i don't know if you want to pay 14.99 for probably not a ton of coffee yeah yeah the last thing on this particular 340 grams of coffee for 13 bucks isn't or 15 bucks isn't a very good deal (laughs) get the get the 10 for for 30 i guess yeah and then just go Uh, to starbucks (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, the last thing is they also have a star wars lightsaber lightsaber candlestick and uh, this is the one they're showing is a Darth Vader uh, with a red candle, and you light mm-hmm. it. And I don't know. It's uh, it says it's cast in zinc alloy and chrome plated. It comes with three uh, non drip non drip red taper candles, so it won't mess up the the hilt. Yeah. Um, the circular base unscrews to provide a more authentic look to the saber hilt for true Star Wars collectors. So that's kind of cool. That's something that's not going to mess up. Uh, for thirty nine bucks, thirty nine ninety nine at Think Geek. The lightsaber candlestick, and that looks pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if they have other styles. This is the only one that I found. Um, I think maybe they're just trying it out, and if people like it, they might make more. Yeah. But that's a cool little uh, chachi thing right there, especially around the holidays. People come over, and you got lightsaber candlesticks. I mean, and yeah, some, very and, cool. and some Han, Han Solo chocolate. What can be better, better than that? I don't know. And some Darth Vader coffee. Get the tri- trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's up, what else is going on though? Nothing much. Or anything else? Anything that caught your eye in the last week? No, you know what? Um, I I was actually looking at a, a star the Star Wars section in the Sears holiday wish list, wish mm-hmm. book or whatever, right? That that comes out every year, and uh, and they actually had uh, they had some stuff that's not even coming out. Um, they had Star Wars Connect for the Xbox 360 listed there. And I just want to let people know that's not coming out this year. It yeah. got pushed till next year. So 
Um, if anybody's like got that on their Christmas list or is expecting to get that, uh, I'm just gonna let you down right now that that's not gonna happen. So yeah, <laughs> you gotta find some other Star Wars stuff to yeah to put on the list for Christmas. Um, but yeah, no, nothing else. Uh, I haven't had any stores lately, so I don't know what's going on in the stores. I've been uh, too busy with work and stuff, but. Um, Lots of good sales. I was actually just oh, down yeah. in Seattle over the weekend. So. Oh, are you? Okay. Um, nice. Lots of great stuff on sale. I didn't pick anything up, but uh, that's just because, like, the I don't know. The figures all look like the same figures that have been out forever. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. I don't feel like anything new has come out in the last six months. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you, uh, if you agree with that. But. Well, they got, like, of course, there's always vintage around and the, the Revenge of the Jedi... You know those special cars. Okay, those, yeah. are, those are starting to pop up a little bit, but it just Clone Wars though, right. nothing. Yeah, Clone like, Wars is the same old. You know, same it's old. It's been same the same old. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm still looking for that Ahsoka. I want, I want the new Ahsoka, mm-hmm. but I still can't find one. I haven't been able to find one at all. So, right. well, I'm, you know, and I'm looking for a Slave Leia in the metal, in the Slave Leia on the slave, uh, vintage card myself. So. That's one that's eluded me for a while that uh, I'm trying to pick up too. Gotta love the slave there. But, yeah, to uh, be perfectly honest, I've been buying more toys of other sorts, other brands. Oh like, yeah, what? Like I just spent forty dollars on the black or the Cyber Monday. Oh yeah. Sale on MaddieCollector.com. Just got three uh, He-Man figures. So. Oh He-Man, you're jumping over He-Man now. Well, oh, I've been a He-Man collector for a while. So. <laughs> no, that's cool. Good stuff. Masters of the Universe. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's about all that's going on. Just a couple of quick things uh, going on at Think Geek. So check that out. And uh, Furious Fanboys for that story on why we're thankful about Star Wars. So with that, are you ready to jump into this let's, week's recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. A disturbance in the Force. Is it possible to learn this power? They, like me, believe him to be the chosen one. Times. I sense there's something here. The army has assembled counter to Kruk. All troops, battle stations! This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure! Suck it up, Shiny. I will attack the Nazis! <laughs> I will return. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi Fifth. Welcome to Death Watch. No! All righty, let's kick it off. Separatist forces arrive on the planet Kuros to, presu- uh, to pressure Governor Roshti and his colony of peaceful Togruta into siding with the Confederacy. Though Roshti wishes to remain neutral in the war, Dooku offers his protection and leaves little room for negotiation. He insists on giving the Togruta people sanctuary. Dooku's companion, a Zygerian slaver named Darts Dinar, orders the Separatist droid forces to round up the colonists. 
So, Mike, we're here. Uh, we're on a new planet here, Kuros. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a colony without weapons. And immediately I started to think of Alderaan, you know, just like Alderaan. Yeah. We're peaceful. We have no weapons. Uh, that's the first thing that jumped out at me right when this thing started. I started thinking about Alderaan. And uh, somebody mentioned on the Facebook, too, that, and I didn't notice this until the second viewing, the architecture kind of had that look that they do a lot in the Clone Wars where it matches sort of the, the colony that's, that's living on the planet. I don't know if you noticed that, like the buildings and kind of had that kind of pointy Togruta uh, Leku or whatever you want to call those. Yeah, uh, yeah. kind of kind of feel to the architecture. So that was a good good spot by one of the, one of our uh, Facebook uh, fans. But um, and then here's Dooku, Mike. He's uh, this is what I love about this guy. He tells uh, the the people that you know it's a peaceful occupation. You know, it's for their protection. And then I think and then ultimately what he means by that is uh, you know he's talking about sanctuary. And what he means is slavery. You know. Yeah, that's you know because they end up not even they're gone by the, the end of the episode. So yeah, uh, interesting stuff there. What did this uh, is uh, this? Well, this is a really interesting arc that they're doing because this is actually a story that's been told already. Um, I don't know if you if you've read any of the comics, but this was uh, one of the first Clone Wars comics based off of the TV series. Um, and this, this is one of the first storylines. In fact, like, as far as I can tell, it, it is the first storyline for the Star Wars, Clone Wars, uh, comic series. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's like beat for beat, exactly the same. Um, so I'm guessing over these three issues, well, not exactly the same, but it's, it's pretty close. Like, you can tell. The mm -hmm. planet is Kuros, the, the slavers of the Zygerians, the... The slaves are Togruta. Um, the the themes of uh, Anakin having a hard time with it because of slaves and uh, and um, Ahsoka being connected to it specifically because they're Togrutas that, that have been captured. Um, it's all actually really similar. So um, it's interesting to see that there. This is a straight up adaptation of a story that already exists within the expanded universe. So uh, I, I'm curious to see if we're going to see any more of this, particularly with Darth Maul coming back and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And the, the star Wars, what was it? It was visionaries. I think the visionaries is the, um, yeah. The is that, 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 yeah. That, yeah. Like the big Mecca, right. Like Mecha the half, the cyborg mall right. was, was featured in. So, right. Um, yeah, very interesting because it means that we we could see other stories adapted in the future, which I personally really like because there's a few Clone War stories that that a lot of people may not have read or or gotten the chance to to experience, and that you know maybe through through the Clone Wars we'll be able to share those things. Like I think I mentioned a couple episodes back, the uh, the Cestus Deception. Yeah, which is yeah. uh, the Obi Wan Kit Fisto team up uh, episodes or uh, book, I should say, and yeah. I, I hope that they'll one day be episodes. <laughs> That's my wishful thinking there. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I would love to see that storyline with the the Jedi killer droids and the the bug people of Cestus and uh, and, and a few other things. Um, 
sort of brought to brought to life in that form because it never like I don't think with this story uh, that it's that it's overwriting the other storyline. I think they're just different points of view right. of the same story. So mm-hmm. this one, as it will find, uh, focuses a lot, uh, like particularly this first episode, focuses a lot on on this one slaver dinar which i don't think i can't seem to find any mention of him being from the comic um but it's kind of it's i don't know it's hard to say i don't maybe in the comic nobody had a had a name but uh but yeah i uh let me see appearances yeah he only appears in the in the show okay so um okay but yeah it's uh, it's it's really interesting to see something get adapted like this, and to be adapted so kind of faithfully, yeah. Um, from from what the comic book was, so I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that, and I'll and I'll save it till we get towards the end, and, I, and I'll ask you again sure. about about that. So, um, uh, go ahead. Uh, ten rotations later, Republic ships reach Kiros. Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka find the colony disturbingly quiet. The best they can hope for is that the colonists are hiding. Captain Rex is doubtful, noting that the Separatists have not shied away from using civilian hostages in the past. The Jedi and their clone troopers scout the vacant cities and bark speeder patrols. As the Jedi approach the Governor's Tower, commando droids riding speeder bikes attack. The Jedi cut and blast their way through the droids, speeding towards enemy tank fortifications surrounding the tower. Rex blasts one AAT tank with a missile launcher while Ahsoka destroys another with a well-tossed grenade. The Republic troops secure the area. So we finally get our uh, three heroes back, Mike. Yes, finally. And this has got to be good because uh, Obi-Wan had some pretty good moments in here. I'm sure you were happy about that. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, but you know what? My favorite part of this sequence is, uh, is Ahsoka's sidecar. I don't know if yeah, you Yeah, what do you think about the, that? Yeah. The, the paint job on the front of it, it's got a nice rancor on the front. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. loved that. That's great. And actually, if you go to StarWars.com, you go to the uh, to the to this episode, Kidnapped, and uh, and you look in their concept art gallery, it's like the third image, I think, the third or fourth image. Uh, yeah, the third one. That is actually, like, it's a really nice detail uh, shot, uh, sort of still, of that... Um, of that deco, not not even on the the speeder, but just by itself, so you can see the uh, the great paint job that they did because it looks awesome on there, but it looks yeah. even better. Like this would make a wicked T-shirt, yeah, like an awesome T-shirt, oh, an yeah. unbelievably cool T-shirt. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was gonna ask you how you felt about the uh, speeder, uh, the uh, speeder bikes with the sidecars on it, man. That's something. Yeah. The, well, the sidecars were were a cool idea. A cool addition, just something new to take the bark speeders and do something a little more interesting with them. Yeah. But uh, but that that art, oh, it just looks so good. Yeah. I'm just looking at it right now, and it looks it looks awesome. Yeah. They really need to do another art book. I can't believe they're not doing it's one. It's true, because huh? I would buy them. There's enough art produced for each season. I mean, there was enough art produced for the first season and the movie to put together a whole art book, and I. Uh, and and to be honest, there wasn't that much in the first season that was that exciting to be in yeah. the art book, right? Like there was some cool stuff, but the majority of that art book ends up being movie stuff, 
and uh, and there's so much more that they've done since then. Like season season two and three, they've taken us all over the place with all right. sorts of new species and and uh, new for the series at least. Like there are a few new species in general, but uh, mostly for the series. And then uh, all these different locations and new ships and stuff like that. It would be great to get this art that's on the website. Mm-hmm. in another book but yeah well you I'm, have you have the the first book right i yeah i have the first book is, is that the only book that they've done it's the only one they've done so far and, and i mean they're one, not even putting stuff in with the with the dvds anymore as we uh talked about a couple of oh stuff, yeah yeah right so that's something that i will be talking to mr filoni about uh come c5 if we don't get a chance to talk to him before then c6 yeah no um c6 yeah sorry so the, the the book that you have it just it went through like season one and two and then a little bit of three wasn't it? No, no, no. it's season one and there's like a tiny bit of season two. Okay, that's like, right. I knew how to it's, it's like two pages of okay. season two, uh, a, a portion of which features uh, Boba. Right. Young. Okay, that's so right. I remember that. Now. That was okay. when we first saw that. Yeah, and and real quick too, we got Boyle. Boyle is back. Yeah, Waxman boy, we got Boyle back, and he's on his uh, what is that? The AT uh, RT? Yeah, yeah, RT, yeah, and uh, he's got the 501st stamped onto the side of his AT RT, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, Boyle is back, so we'll continue here. Commander Cody reports that the Separatist leader has barricaded himself inside the tower, and he has sent a holographic invitation to Obi Wan, offering to negotiate surrender. When Anakin sees the hologram of Darth Dinar, his temper boils over. Skywalker recognizes Dinar as a Zygerian slaver. Ahsoka is surprised by Anakin's anger. Since Skywalker keeps his past private, she knows little of his history. Obi-Wan quietly explains to her Anakin's childhood as a slave. Ahsoka promises to keep an eye on her master while they search for the colonists. Obi-Wan enters the tower to meet with Dinar. Zygerian scum. I'll handle that slaver. Anakin, he asked for me. I need you to locate the missing Togruta colonists. Fine. I'll have Admiral Yularen initiate a planetary bioscan. Why is he so upset? Anakin has never talked about his past, has he? Only to tell me he won't talk about it. As a child, Anakin and his mother were sold into slavery by the Hutt clans. Oh. And these Zygerians, they're slavers. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. (sighs) Don't worry. I'll keep an eye on him. Yes. Make sure you do. And a tense moment here, uh, Mike, with uh, Anakin, and uh, very, uh, very good scene here. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get into this uh, probably with the next two episodes, I imagine. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, this goes back yeah, to Anakin's past. Uh, of course, he was a slave when he was a kid, and his mother was a slave, and so this is really holds something really dear to him, and. He is really pissed. Yeah, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> well, he just snatches that that yeah, yeah. hologram 
out of uh, I think Cody's hand. Yes. And yeah. crushes it right. with his bare hands, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I guess it's not his bare hand. I think he pulls it out and crushes it with his robot hand. So uh, <laughs> that shows that shows the kind of power he's actually got in that cybernetic hand that we don't really get to see very much of. Right. Right. Yeah. And he gets, you know, he gets looks from uh, Kenobi. You know, he gets looks from Ahsoka when he's doing this. Yeah. He, you know, even R two has like that whine he has when he's like scared or something. Scared. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of uh, expanded the, you know, the tense moment because you see see his his friends, you know, Anakin and Ahsoka. They're like, whoa, you know, they kind of tilt their head like, wow, this is this is uh, strange, you know, coming from Anakin. And obviously, Ahsoka does not know what's going on. She has no idea about this slave and. She finally hears from from Obi Wan. Uh, Anakin won't talk about it, so you can tell. He, you know, Anakin. He's talked about how he blew up the uh, droid ship when he was younger with the clones. Yeah. But here's one thing that he's not discussing. So we know this is a problem for him. And like I said, we're probably going to see this come to uh, kind of expanded more in the next couple of episodes. I think, obviously, uh, with the slaves here. So um, go ahead. I want to mention that. Yeah, uh, inside the governor's office, Obi-Wan confronts Darth Dinar, who has no intention of surrendering. Rather, he expects Kenobi to surrender. Darth reveals that he has planted bombs all throughout the city and will proceed to detonate them unless the Republic surrenders. To prove his intent, Dinar triggers one of the bombs, injuring several clone troopers. Anakin and Asopa leap onto ATRT walkers and immediately set to work locating the other bombs with R2's help. Uh, and this is this is why this is going to be one of my favorite arcs. It's it's my favorite arc this season because it's the first time that Obi Wan has done anything, and <laughs> uh, and and he does some awesome stuff at that. Like yeah. this is just just the way that he deals with this guy is uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's so great. I just love the character. I love the way that they portray him in the series. And uh, and the voice acting by James Arnold Taylor. I mean, yeah. he he really is Obi Wan Kenobi. Like he yeah, embodies yeah. the character just as much as Ewan McGregor or Alec Guinness ha- has. Like he 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 owns that character. And uh, and and this scene is just such a great example of it. With him, sort of, he knows he's walking into a trap. Right, right. right. It's just like episode three. It's like, well, you know, this is the trap. So what's the next step? Well, we spring the trap, right? Like yeah. that's that's Obi Wan's deal. Like that's how Obi Wan and Anakin get things done. Like they're they don't beat around the bush. He's like, yeah, obviously this is not like he's he's clearly not going to surrender. It's never that easy. Uh, so he goes up there ready to uh, to earn that title of negotiator, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and he he. He's met with Dinar, who's just like this really sleazy character. And you know what? In in the Clone Wars, for me to say that this guy's especially sleazy, uh, that's saying a lot. Because you know we've had <laughs> yeah. Trandoshan yeah. slavers and and uh, hunters and that sort of thing. We've had uh, oh. Uh, well, Hondo's kind of a Hondo, pirate, sleazy pirate. guy. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so very like this guy. You like you just he's a great villain. You love to hate him. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's really cool like that. So, yeah, well, I I thought he was like a uh, when I this Dinar, especially this this first scene. 
he's like a Bond villain because he's yeah. sitting there in the chair, you know, he's stroking the pet. You know, all he was missing was a cat, you know what I mean? Uh, but he's, he's stroking his pet. He has, he has no, he's not scared at all. You know, he's got a Jedi in there. And uh, he's basically, he knows he controls all the power right now. <clears throat> and that's kind of what it reminded me of, kind of like the classic Bond villain sitting in his yeah. chair, you know, twirling that mustache or whatever. So, and, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk too about Obi-Wan here. It says, uh, Obi-Wan surrenders, much to Dinar's delight. He hates the Jedi for dismantling the great Zygerian slave empire many years ago. Aware of Dinar's hunger for vengeance, Obi-Wan offers to settle their differences in the old Zygerian tradition, hand-to-hand combat. If Obi-Wan wins, Dinar will reveal the location of the bombs. Uh, if Dinar wins, he will deliver the defeated Kenobi to Doku. Darts agrees to Obi-Wan's challenge, and the two engage in a vicious brawl. And just like you said, I mean, I had wrote this down on my notes, Mike, and you just mentioned it. Uh, yeah. You know, Obi-Wan, or J- James Arnold Taylor, he nails the classic, the uh, prequel trilogy, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan. I mean, it's just like, I don't even, I don't even notice that anymore. That's how good this James Arnold Taylor is now. It's like, like you said, he embodies a character. He is, he is the Obi-Wan, just his mannerisms, the way he talks, um, just everything like that. It's just, it's just perfect. And I, I felt so compelled that I, part of my notes is just writing that when I was, when I watched that scene. Just like wow, I mean, he's he really is Obi Wan. Not that he wasn't before, but it just seems like that. You're just like wow, you know, he, he's just nailing it. So I think I think what it is we're now four seasons in. He is so just zone like tuned into that character, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen him in so long. Like yeah. we are on the second half of the season, right? We we talked about this last week. If you look at the numbers, we're 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 this be this arc. I I. I would imagine like I'd have to take that exact look, but I would say this arc actually begins the second half of the season. Like this would be the first arc that's going to be on disc two mm-hmm. or whatever of the, of the Blu-rays. So mm-hmm. um, to be halfway through a season and really not have a lot of Obi-Wan, yeah. uh, particularly not really featured in an episode. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that his performance is that strong and we've been, we've been sort of, uh, uh, denied obi-wan for so long this season that that yeah. to have him back is just like oh thank god because he because he embodies the character and it sells that this is star wars because as much as the last three four episodes uh everybody seemed to like them for me there wasn't anything because like they're just there were clone troopers and there was there was a, a prequel alien uh, and some aliens that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was very um, peripherally Star Wars. Like, it definitely felt very expanded universe, very, like, comic booky or, like, one of the novels, like Republic Commando or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have the feeling that an episode like this has that is so connected to the actual films. Not mm-hmm. just the prequel trilogy, but the original trilogy as well. Because his his performance of Obi-Wan bridges both of those, right? right? Like, he every once in a while, he brings in one of those classic trilogy uh, just mannerisms with his voice that, mm-hmm. that keys you into Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan. But then, you know, he really relies on that Ewan McGregor one. So mm-hmm. it just... Yeah. That character 
keeps you keyed into that. Like this is Star Wars, like yeah. through and through, start to finish. So anyway, you know what? Uh, it's Corey Burton who does Dooku, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like his Dooku is is at this point in season four so great. Right. Um, and that's not to say anything about Ashley Eckstein, who's got a character that's all her own, and and I I really liked Ahsoka in this episode as well, and Matt Lanter has taken Anakin and made Anakin his own, which mm-hmm. is really impressive considering that character is so well known. I mean, he's the main character of the of the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and, but beyond that, Hayden Christensen's performance is so talked about. Uh, amongst the fans that to have to have a performance that's all his own that isn't uh it's it's miles away from the hayden christensen performance but it is still anakin so mm-hmm. i mean his performances his performances are great but for james arnold taylor he just he nails it every time and it takes me back to the prequels and it takes me back to the original trilogy and it just makes me feel like I'm watching star Wars more than anything else does when I'm watching the show. So, yeah. And, and I, and I had pointed out to you that in my notes that it was, it was kind of like the highlight of this episode was this whole middle section with Obi-Wan and, and how he plays this game with the, with Darth Dinar. It was a highlight for me. Uh, well, so- when that, when that fight first breaks out and he gets slammed against the wall, and uh, it's so great because just it's so slight and and subtle, but his hair changes a little. Yeah, bit. I was gonna and it, say that. it yeah. changes to the to the episode three when he's getting beaten up by Grievous, right? Yeah, his hair kind of gets a little bit disheveled, right? Yeah, like a yeah. little bit messy. Falls Comes out of that, yeah. out of that perfect part, right? Yeah, and. Uh, and that's what happens in this. Like, it just kind of comes down in front of his eyes, right. and it moves around and everything, which obviously, like, we, they, uh, the, the, the animators and, and Dave Filoni have talked about how their hair doesn't move. And, you know, in season... I think in season three, they started to, with the new character models to yeah. animate the hair a little bit. But this is definitely... Like, this is a huge leap for that character's uh, animation. They, that he's also now got a second version of his hair that when he's into an intense hand-to-hand battle, that hair can now come down in front of his face <laughs> and and sell that character even more because yeah. that sells. Um, it also reminded me a lot of uh, in in Attack of the Clones when he kills the Ackley, yeah. like he 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 just he gets so into just stabbing that Ackley that his hair just kind of comes out of that like his obi-wan do right and he brushes it back yeah. afterwards and uh and and this had that like they just they nailed obi-wan on so many different levels for this episode which obviously for me is is stuff. huge because yeah. he's my favorite character in any case right but to have been denied him for so long this season and to have him come back uh just makes it and it just makes it all that much sweeter. So <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. Like I said, some probably the my favorite part of the uh, that whole episode was in that that center section. Some great stuff there. Uh, R two transmits the coordinates to the first explosive in a city square. Anakin and Ahsoka cut down several battle droids and reach the bomb. Before Ahsoka can figure out the device's complex wiring, 
Anakin follows his instincts and defuses the bomb by slashing through the control panel with his lightsaber. Uh, Dinar pummels Obi-Wan, throwing him about the governor's office. Though Obi-Wan can't seem to get the upper hand, he stays in the fight. Meanwhile, Anakin and Ahsoka find the last pair of bombs in a central plaza. They are delayed by blaster fire from shielded sniper droids, but they manage to defeat the droids and disarm the explosives just in time. I'm pinned down! Master, we're running out of time! I know. We have to do something. Be quick. Ahsoka, they're weak from the side. I've got an angle on your droid. Okay, I've got a view of yours too. Same time. Ready? Go! <sighs> that was a close one. Let's hope Obi-Wan shares our luck. <laughs> So I wanted to highlight some of that action, and and we have we got earlier, Mike, the the speeder bikes with the with the sidecar, and now we yeah. have droidicas that are snipers, so they can uh, obviously fire long distances with a powerful shot, and uh, it makes it even harder for the Jedi to deal with these uh, with these droidicas. But uh, they found a way, obviously, and I have to mention too. Um, you know, Mike, we were talking about Obi-Wan and, and his, uh, his plan of fighting the Zygerian. And, and I, some people might, I sounded like they got confused by this. And let's just clear it up. Obi-Wan is, is losing on purpose. Yes. Okay, I don't, and, and some people were kind of like, I, I got the feeling that maybe they thought, you know, he was really getting his butt kicked. No, he's, uh, this no, is all part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can see it in his face. He's yeah. purposely taking a beating. And you can see him just going like he sucks it up every time because as as he shows in a second when he when once the bomb he learns that the bombs are are deactivated and he just turns and just crushes oh, the yeah. two yeah. the two battle droids, the two commando droids at that. Yeah. It's like, no, like you, you would be dead if it weren't for the fact that Obi-Wan's <laughs> just, you know, yeah. messing with you. Yeah. So, let's clear that yeah, up. For yeah, for sure. Uh, Dinar drags the seemingly defeated Obi-Wan across the floor. The Zygerian, uh, Zygerian gloating is interrupted by a report from a battle droid that all the explosives in the city have been disabled. Knowing the threat of the bombs has been neutralized, Obi-Wan reclaims his weapon and demands Dinar's surrender. Dinar does not give up so easily. He triggers a reserve explosive, one attached to his faithful tactical droid, as a diversion. As Obi-Wan force pushes the doomed droid out of the officer's window, Dinar makes his escape, and Obi-Wan signals Anakin to give chase. So like you said, Mike, as soon as he knows, bam, he's like, okay, it's all business now. Crushes two uh, battle droids with the force, kind of throws them in the air and just crushes them. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> and then... He gets his lightsaber and he's like, and he has that look. I wish I would have remembered what he said, but it was like, like I said earlier about how James Arnold Taylor has Obi-Wan now. He just, he has this comment yeah. and he pauses for a second and then delivers the last line. 
and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like, it was something. It was something about like now let's talk about that surrender or something like that. Like it right. was very. It was so reminiscent of that battle with Grievous, where Grievous, he's just yeah. he's got that kind of cocky tone to him but he doesn't seem all that like he doesn't seem arrogant like anakin does right because anakin seems full of himself but obi-wan's just really confident like he knows the situation that he's in and it's just like he always just kind of laughs at the bad guys because the bad guys are always so Mm -hmm. like outlandish like oh well i've got the upper hand and you don't even know blah 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 and they go on explaining he's like Dude, I'm like five steps ahead of you. I'm gonna beat you. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. It will be so much easier if you just give up now, right? Yeah. Like that's just that's the Obi Wan, the Obi Wan way of uh, of, of approaching <laughs> these situations. Yeah. And they they hit it. They hit it so much better than they have in any other places in the series. Because I can think of a few other times when they've had that situation, but this is the best one so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, go ahead. I think it's your, your turn, Dinar. Yeah, uh, Dinar boards his starship and blasts off from the Governor's Tower landing platform. Anakin and Ahsoka charge off of the platform on their ATRTs, leap into the air, and land on the ship. Anakin damages one of the ship's thrusters with his lightsaber. That was a really cool moment because I didn't think that they could make it. <laughs> like, I was going to ask you about that. Was that going too far big, with that with that force jump? jump. I, I think that there was a little bit of like they had uh, a little bit of momentum because those ATRTs can move pretty quick. Yeah. So they kind of leap, jump, and then uh, you know what? That ship is a little bit. It's also a little bit of a trick because mm-hmm. I feel like that ship is a lot smaller. Then it looks. It looks like a really big ship, yeah. but it's not. Like if you look at it, you look at like the size of the cockpit, and just visually, um, it looks like it, it it should be about the size of a Republic cruiser. But like I'm talking, not one of the the Star Destroyers, but one of the 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 transport. Yeah. But I like at the beginning of Episode One, like it looks like it should be the size of one of those consular cruisers. But it's probably a little bit close to the size of one of those shuttles. Yeah. One of, like, the Republic shuttles, the landing mm-hmm. shuttles. So um, I think that there was a little bit of a trick of distance there that it looked like it was farther away because you think that it's a bigger ship than it is. Mm-hmm. So it clearly wasn't quite as far. Uh, I, I think that we've seen them do pretty ridiculous stuff previously. So Yeah, I, I didn't know if that was... I saw that and I was like, oh man, it's like a little, a little too stylized for me. But because that was like, like you said, it just it, maybe it was the perception. It just looked like, holy mackerel, that's a long, long yeah. jump. And I was like, Ugh, I, well, you know, that's all right, I guess. Um, that's just something that I had written down. I was like, is that too far to go? But, but uh, like you said, it could be just an optical illusion type of thing. Uh, in, an, in an attempt to eliminate his unwanted Jedi passengers, Dinar opens the ship's cargo hold. And unleashes a ravenous, tentacled, blixus creature. Anakin tries to hold off the thrashing creature, while Ahsoka heads for the bridge to gain control of the ship. Anakin slays the blixus, blix, blixus, and the dying beast slides out of the cargo hold and plummets to the countryside below. Uh, Dinar uses his electro whip to battle Ahsoka, but the young Padawan overpowers him. Anakin threatens Dinar and demands to know the colonists' whereabouts. 
Ahsoka is taken aback by her master's anger and intensity. Dinar reveals that his queen is holding a slave auction of the captured colonists on Zygeria. I uh, I love when they go when they go dark with Anakin. You know, we've seen him torture. We've seen him go after um, uh, Poggle the Lesser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and do stuff with him. So I love when they do this with him because. You know, we can always get those little snippets of him just going dark. And he had he had that lightsaber to Dinar's throat. And all he had to do was flip the switch. And that thing when it went right through him, you know, probably cut yeah. his head off, you know. And uh, and you could see in the eyes of Dinar, he was like, uh, you know, his eyes got a little wide. Like, uh-oh, you know, I, I think I just, you know, awoken the sleeping giant here or something. And, and Ahsoka's looking at him like, uh, and she says, you know, hey, master, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. So, really good scene there. I like. I love when they do that with him, you know. And and this time he didn't go that far, but uh, you know it's always in the back. You know he's he, he can snap. You know and we're talking about slaves here. You know, and, and this yeah. is you know like we yeah. talked about earlier. This is going to a sour spot with him. So yeah, we might, well, we and might you see know this what? happen. You know. Yeah, and we've never seen Ahsoka see this happen with Anakin before, right? Like we've seen like he's he's had this kind of reaction by himself because when he interrogates poggle it's uh nobody else is around right right and when he uh who's the other that he uh he gets a little bit rough with uh i remember Poggle. Uh, well they well they do cad bay remember they all but that's all of them yeah yeah that, yeah that but they're all there for that yeah yeah so um this is the first time that ahsoka sees him really kind of just start to lose it a little bit right um so really interesting to see how that how that'll go in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, you want to finish it up, Let's, Mike? Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka update the Jedi Council on their mission. Uh, Admiral Yularen reports that a thorough scan of Kuros has revealed that no colonists remain on the planet. The entire population has vanished. The Jedi Council is troubled by this news. Yoda fears that the return of the Zygerian slave empire may be part of a larger scheme engineered by the Sith. General Skywalker, I ran the bioscan twice, but the results were negative. Are you saying the colonists are not in the city? I'm saying they're not even on the planet. The entire population appears to have simply vanished. Vanished? That's impossible. Those are my people. Troubling is the return of the Zygarians. It is likely they mean to use Dooku to rebuild their slaver empire. We cannot allow that, Master. Agree, I do. But first, find the colonists. You must. In great danger they are. What is it, Master? Sense, I do. A darker hand in this mystery. Slavery. A great tool it is. For the rise of the Sith. And I thought that was very interesting at the very end there. You got Yoda saying, slavery is a great tool in the rise of the Sith. So they're talking mm-hmm. about Sith here at the Jedi Council. Uh, very interesting how they're, where they're going. You know, I was, they always leave you. That's, that's what I liked about this episode, too. They leave you with that, like, okay, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next in this thing. Because they're talking about Sith. They're talking about, um, you know, and, and the slaves. You know, it, I guess it turns out, Mike, that when we see Dooku... Right at the right at the beginning, I mean, those those the whole colony's gone by then. By the time Anakin mm-hmm. and them get there, so where'd they go? What happened? You know, lots of questions still to be answered. 
uh, as far as this episode. Um, did you Absolutely. take take anything out from uh, what Yoda was saying there about about the Sith and all that, or is just as you know, the Sith are going to be using these uh, slaves for something? Yeah, well, I think like we all know that that the Sith are like the Empire in particular uh, in in the original trilogy is big on slave labor and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I think that that's all it's alluding to is just okay. where this is going. So uh, I'm fully expecting a less than positive outcome for the end of this story, which is different from the from the comic. Yeah. Um, but I think that they, they where they might solve this one problem i don't think that they'll put an end to the zygerians right they're not going to be able to stop an entire race of people um but it'll be interesting to see the way that this goes yeah and i you know like i said i i enjoyed this episode you know i I liked what they did with the the anti-slavery you know element with anakin uh ahsoka's reactions and and how she's starting to learn about anakin um and of course Obi-Wan, he was he shined in this episode, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, love that. So great start to uh, another trilogy we got here. And I was going to ask you, you talked about this earlier, Mike. This was a story that came from apparently Slaves of the Republic. It's a, a comic book, right? And you yeah. said you, you read this, right? Yeah, I did. Cause so you, so you kind of know what's what might be happening then, right? Yeah, you know what? It was a while ago because it was the first, it was one of the first arcs, if not the first arc, that happened in the comics. So we're talking about three and a half years ago well i guess three years ago now because okay. it started when the series started so um we're talking about it's been a while since i read that so i don't really remember okay uh the finer points of it but it is definitely it's going on the same uh, path then. yeah it's it's very simple like like right down to the species and everything like they look the same as they looked in the comic oh, okay. um and uh, it was very like it, like going into it, I knew that it was a similar storyline, but I didn't realize just how much of a similar storyline it was until we got into it. The Zygerian show up, and I'm like, that guy looks exactly like the guy from the comic. <laughs> like he looks exactly like the species in that comic. Uh-huh. And uh, and then you know went online, checked it out on Wikipedia, and was like, wow, this is this is essentially the same story. Yeah. Like. Like what we're gonna get next week is a continuation along the same lines. So right down okay. to like Ahsoka being in, uh, like I guess disguised as one of the slaves and mm-hmm. and all yeah. that. So yeah, we'll talk about that in the, the, yeah. the upcoming description. Then we're gonna head on over to the mailbag and the Facebook post. Stand by. Wait a minute, play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. You... I seem to have found it. And you know what? I, we, we don't even have a mailbag this week, I don't think. I know we got a, I got a Facebook, but everybody's, yeah. been, uh, yeah. everybody's been on the Facebook, so I think they're kind of neglecting the, the mailbag a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Email's outdated anyways. Yeah. Who uses email anymore? <laughs> exactly. Let's go to the Facebook post of the week. And I had to mention this because JC, uh, James Cox, we all know him. He's been on the show before. Big costumer. Um, and he posted on the Facebook, look, Ma, I'm on TV. More shameless self-promotion. And, of course, if you haven't seen it yet, JC is actually going to be on a, a TLC television show. And uh, TLC, the television station known for reality shows of personal stories, is taking a new topic next month. Geek dating. 
Geek Love follows someone that is becoming a staple at conventions, speed dating. In this case, the cameras were at New York Comic Con, where the setup for speed dating is pre pretty conventional, aside from the fact that most of the participants are in costume. The show will air back-to-back 30-minute -back, uh, installments on December 18th, and there might be more depending on the ratings of the show. So JC's actually, he talked about this. We talked about it at the fan days. He's actually on yeah. the uh, promo, if you've seen the promo. Um, he's actually in it, and he's talking about Slave Leia, and uh, it's a pretty funny clip. That's a couple minutes long, so if you haven't seen it, go on the and Facebook appar page. Apparently, he mentions the podcast on the episode, so I can't wait for the wow. episode there so that I can uh, yeah, hear gotta... my podcast get mentioned <laughs> on uh, international TV. That would be pretty darn cool. And uh, Yeah, so look for that. JC, uh, he's, if you're out there listening, hopefully, I know you're listening. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what happens on December 18th on TLC, so hopefully everybody Definitely. has TLC. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing it. Looks, it looks pretty fun. And, you know, we're all into Star Wars and all that. So uh, if you haven't seen it, like I said, check out on our Facebook page. He's got the link in there. And you can, you can watch that little um, two-minute, it's like a couple-minute little uh, teaser on what's coming up for that. So look for that on December 18th. So, Mike, next week we got to talk about Slaves of the Republic. That's coming up next week. Yes. And uh, I will... Uh, Read this the quick little description here. To locate the missing colonists, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka go undercover to infiltrate the slavers on Zygeria. Anakin struggles with his emotions as a wily Zygerian uh, queen forces him to take questionable actions in order to carry out his mission. I'll take a quick listen to the preview. our spies gave us about the Queen is accurate. Remember, I'll keep her occupied while you locate the missing people of Kiros. How do you plan on keeping the Queen occupied? Well, <laughs> with my magnetic charm, of course. Oh, yes, of course. Hold on to this, will you, buddy? And a nice little exchange there from Anakin and Ahsoka, and then you got Obi Wan in there doing his thing too. So that was kind of fun. And uh, there was one point in there where where Anakin gives R two his, his uh, lightsaber, and he says, "Hold this for me," like uh, mm -hmm. kind of like his dad did. Uh, you know, not his dad. His son. His son. Where am I going? His son did later on in the trilogy. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I like I said, I haven't read this, so I'm completely in the dark of where this is going. Um, but it does sound. It sounds like it's going to be fun and uh, some good stuff coming up in the next episode. So, uh, looking forward to Slaves of the Republic this Friday. Anything Definitely. else, Mike? Before we go, uh, that's it. That's, that's it. Uh, good, that's, that's our episode uh, for this good week. Episode. 
Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, and you can check us out at clonewarspodcast.com on the internets. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Username is Clone Wars. So that's twitter.com slash Clone Wars. Head over to Facebook. Join the discussions. Uh, Facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. And, uh, and you can email us. Mike at Clone Wars Podcast and Matt at Clone Wars Podcast.com. So, uh, yeah, send us your email and send us your thoughts on the episodes. And uh, we will see you guys next week for Slaves of the Republic. All right. We'll see you all next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. Of course, it's strong with you all. And it will be with you always. <laughs>